0: Now, back to the Frontier Freedom
1: Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, we are back with a very special broadcast right in the middle of the March for Life in Washington, D.C., a historic March for Life, the 50th March since Roe v. Wade was decided. Now, as you know, last year this was uh, Roe v. Wade fell with the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health case. And so this is the very first Roe v. very first march without Roe v. Wade. And I'm here with Nicole Hunt, who's a pro-life analyst and spokesperson with Focus on the Family. And we just spoke with some students about what the rally was like. Now you had a very kind of unique perspective. You were a little bit more behind stage, right? So did you get a chance to speak with some of the speakers there?
0: I did. I had a chance to talk to uh, Tony Dungy's wife, Lauren Dungy, who gave an incredible who gave an incredible testimony to the beauty of adoption in making your families.
1: And they, the Dungy family. So Tony Dungy was a famous head coach for many football teams, and he spoke at the rally this just prior to the march that we are now uh, going through now. Uh, and they've adopted a number of children, right? Up, up to 100, a, a I think, at one point?
0: No. No? Okay, I know they had
1: fostered like 100 children at one point.
0: Maybe, but okay. uh, so they have 11 children, and eight out of those 11 are adopted. Okay. And in fact, they were here today with their 21-year-old adopted daughter, Jordan, who I also got a chance to talk to back behind stage. And you can just see how much their family loves each other. And I think it's a real testament to families that are born out of love, whether that's biological, or through adoption or foster, this is a great way to build your family.
1: So describe what we're seeing right now, where we are, what we're experiencing out here.
0: Well, right now we are headed toward the Capitol building. There is a sea of young people. Really, the majority of the people that show up to this march are probably under the age of 25. (laughs) And it is so, so blessed, such a blessing and so cool to see all of these young kids who really are just advocates for life in their generation.
1: It is a a lot of young people, and as I mentioned previously, some of these schools kind of do some chants back and forth. One of the chants we used to have was, hey, hey, ho, ho, Roe v. Wade has got to go, and we just had a whole bunch of CCU students that were saying, hey, hey, ho, ho, Roe v. Wade has hit the road. So it it is gone. Uh, But even our children kind of grew up uh, chanting that, and that was a historic chant that's no longer needed uh, with the success at the U.S. Supreme Court. So, Nicole tell us a little bit about what focus on the family's doing to promote the sanctity of life
0: well we think that there are two parts that are really important to be hitting on now the first has to do with serving mothers who are expecting babies perhaps unexpected situations they need a community they need resources they need help and most importantly they need to know that there's a community that loves them that will support them and that that baby inside their womb is a human being who deserves life and so we're partnering with Pregnancy resource centers to provide ultrasound machines. We think that when women get a chance to see that the life inside of them really is a baby, that it changes their mind on abortion. That's one big effort that we're making and another is being engaged in policy making. We're in the state of Colorado and so we're, in, we're involved in the kind of policy making related to abortion policy but we believe that organizations and the pro-life community itself needs to do everything it can to promote life in their state policies and also at the federal level.
1: So Nicole, you wrote an article for Newsweek on kind of where the pro-life movement's failing a little bit and some state-based battles and particularly what they need to be doing to be successful at the state level. Tell us a little bit about that article.
0: Sure. Thanks for asking. Uh, You know, that piece was written after the election. And really it was looking back and analyzing what went wrong for the pro-life movement in this last election cycle. And I think it's interesting because if we look at candidates who are pro-life, we see that incumbent candidates who are pro-life and pushing pro-life policies, they actually did really well if they were unapologetically pro-life. The ones who were afraid to get close to the subject, they didn't do as well. But across the board, the one thing that didn't do well at all in the election were the uh, referendums on abortion, when there was a direct vote on abortion policy in a state. And what we saw was that in states that were, generally speaking, more pro-abortion, those states voted for these abortion policies. But surprisingly, even in states that were typically more pro-life, they voted against the pro-life position. So I looked back to see what's going wrong here and why why are we missing the mark when it comes to these these issues, um, when it's a vote straight to the people? And the truth is, is I think it comes down to a few th- different things, but one of the most important is financing. Unfortunately, when we are taking these uh, initiatives to the people, but we don't do it with proper funding, the abortion industry gets to control the narrative. And the truth is, is that whoever controls the narrative ends up winning votes.
1: Yeah, and the spending was, in a big way, lopsided right can you give us a little bit of sense of how much money either side spent on the issue of abortion
0: yeah so in the state of michigan where there was a vote to um, consider whether or not abortion should be protected by the state constitution the abortion lobby outspent the uh, conservatives like two or three to one it was just astronomical in the differences that each side puts into it. Now it doesn't mean that the pro-life side doesn't have a lot of heart, we absolutely do, but the problem is is when you have media and you have Hollywood and you have so many other things factoring into what shapes the hearts and the minds of the people and what they believe to be true, um, unfortunately that's just very very difficult to overcome unless you have the finances to be able to outspend the abortion lobby.
1: Uh, And it's a business, too, right? So Planned Parenthood, for instance, has a lot of incentive to spend a lot of money so that they can keep abortion almost totally unregulated, allow uh, this practice to take place as much and as frequently as they can. In fact, they they would want more abortions. And so uh, that's a reality we face. Uh, Putting a few bucks towards a pro-life organization versus a massive industry that can spend a lot of money. Uh, it's it's a David versus Goliath situation in many ways. I'm coming up on some music here. Uh, at The March for Life is a very st- strongly Catholic event and so you have bands from Catholic schools, uh, banners, uh, kids from these schools and this is a band that we're coming up from maybe you can hear in the background from a local catholic school here probably in the Washington D.C. area. So uh, we're going to continue this march. We're going to continue walking up towards the state capitol. Colorado Christian University students all around me. I see some other universities here as well. Some good Christian universities. We've got over here a signed from Live Action, great organization. Uh, Lila Rose has spoken at the Western Conservative Summit many times and they have exposed a lot of what the abortion industry is doing to harm women. So their sign says, love them both. That the pro-life movement cares both about the pre-born child as well as uh, the pregnant mother facing a crisis pregnancy. We are now passing some people in support of abortion that are talking about reproductive justice, so uh, not not too many counter protesters at the March for life a handful of folks that i 've seen but for the most part a very positive event we 're passing some very graphic depictions of what happens during an abortion uh, to the innocent preborn child it 's not something that we can turn away from we 've got a know exactly what is taking place to our fellow human beings and that's the effort is to make sure that people understand that so uh, continuing to walk up towards the capitol now we're getting a, a little bit closer we're going to go up and actually on a different route this year we're not going to end at the u.s supreme court where we traditionally had we're going to now uh, walk past that and go to the capitol of the united states where congress operates the capitol building there and make our statement known that we want laws passed that continue to protect the sanctity of life at a greater and greater level. So in addition to a very strong Roman Catholic attendance here, I'm passing some uh, very sweet sisters, some nuns that are marching here. If you remember Little Sisters of the Poor, the U.S. Supreme Court case to defend their religious freedom rights. Uh, They're active down here at the March for Life. We have sidewalk counselors and advocates that are here as well, and uh, encouraging and training people to have those types of conversations. You've got Knights of Columbus, a strong contingency of the Knights of Columbus. And then, of course, uh, students from Colorado Christian University are here. I'm also continuing the conversation with Nicole Hunt. Yes, you may recognize that last name. She's uh, my wife. And uh, she's with Focus on the Family. And they're, they did a, a pretty big outreach here, right? They've got a, a exhibit booth as well as active in the media side, which is what you're picking up. But what was the exhibit, exhibit booth about? What, what is the kind of message that they're getting through? Uh, focus on the family, ministry out of Colorado Springs.
0: Yeah, we had a pretty big booth at the Expo Center, and really it was an opportunity to connect with the others in the pro-life community who want to know how they can get engaged and how they can make a difference, not just, uh, not just in their own communities, but for women and for children um, in their communities. And so, uh, so it was great outreach. We also had a really fun photo booth where all attendees uh, could come and take pictures and it said, I am Pro-Life. Focus on the Family has a, a Facebook group called I Am Pro-Life where we post a lot of our messaging on a lot of our messaging for the Pro-Life movement. In fact, we've got a new campaign called Perfect Love and we'll see it launching this whole month this whole month is considered the sanctity of life month and so we're celebrating that this sunday is the sanctity of life sunday um, but this idea of perfect love means we're not making choices out of fear we're making choices out of confidence knowing that we are empowered to choose love and to choose life for children
1: friends this is Jeff on broadcasting very special edition of the frontier freedom hour From the March for Life in Washington, D.C., we're heading down Pennsylvania Avenue on our way to the U.S. Capitol for this historic 50th March for Life. We'll be right back after these messages.